Hey there. Welcome back to another fireside chat here at the FreightWave Small Fleet and Owner Operator Summit. I'm your host of this conversation, Andrew Cox. I'm a senior retail analyst here at FreightWaves. And the decision between buying and leasing trucks is always a difficult one, no matter what size your fleet is, but particularly for small fleets where every penny counts. In good markets or in bad markets, this is a tight margin industry. So every penny counts uh, to the bottom line. So we're going to discuss some of the decisions that go into buying versus leasing, some of the, you know, the total cost of ownership differences between buying versus leasing and why leasing is going to become an even more appealing offer over the next few years as new technologies come to market with Mr. Kevin McCarthy. Kevin is the vice president of sales of the West region at Ryder System, and he is here to detail all of the the decisions between buying versus leasing. Kevin, thank you so much for joining the show. Andrew. Thank you for having me. It's nice to meet you this morning and look forward to having our discussion on this important topic. Absolutely, Kevin. So let's start with total cost of ownership, right? Rider System has a model that's been in place for some time that helps companies determine what their total cost of ownership will be for buying versus leasing. Let's just start top uh, from the model. Yeah, so uh, Rider's total cost of ownership model has been in place now uh, for about 10 or 11 years. Formerly, we partnered with uh, major accounting firm Ernst & Young back in 2010-11 uh, to develop the model. And it has uh, really come to fruition and become more important over the years with the uh, changes in, in total cost of ownership, as well as the accounting laws and principles, uh, tax implications, and of course, uh, the increasing cost to operate, maintain, purchase, and or dispose of a fleet uh, throughout the holding period. Yeah, we're going to dive into some of those costs and how they have been growing recently. But let's jump back to what are some of the what are some of the things that small businesses, that small owners and fleets miss uh, when they are trying to calculate their own total cost of ownership? There are really uh, probably three or four key areas that uh, can be overlooked uh, when it comes to making a decision to uh, own and operate a, a fleet of commercial vehicles. Uh, uh, Over-the-road uh, breakdown costs uh, and not just towing, but when a vehicle goes down for repairs, uh, businesses need to continue to deliver their products and services to their clients. And uh, to keep the business running, they need to go out and rent a truck. So oftentimes that uh, the time and costs taken to pick up a rental truck to keep the business moving and deliver those products is missed. Another big one is administrative costs and uh, business owners, employees spend a significant amount of time managing that process, uh, <clears throat> tracking the fleet metrics, uh, the, the time spent uh, managing uh, multiple invoices from multiple vendors, uh, picking up the phone late at night when a truck breaks down over the road to manage a road call. Uh, that's another one. And, uh, and of course, uh, the other things that can be overseen or overlooked, excuse me, would be uh, the cost to dispose of a vehicle. Uh, at the end of the holding period to sell that vehicle, there are oftentimes physical damage repairs, touch-up repairs required, and not to mention the advertising and marketing costs that go into selling a vehicle at the end of the holding period. And last but certainly not least, the used vehicle market and determining uh, the the value of that vehicle at the end of the holding period is very unpredictable. It's a very cyclical market, uh, and that that oftentimes can be not only overlooked, but uh, it, it's a cost that can be uh, erroneously 
uh, stated, uh, overstated, I should say, at the end of the holding period uh, when they go to sell the vehicle at the end of the term. Kevin, it sounds like there's a lot of hidden costs, a lot of things that just kind of slip through the cracks when it comes to buying versus leasing. Talk to me. Let's let's frame the question a little bit differently and just talk some of the benefits of leasing versus buying. I know I'm certain I'm certain you're going to talk one about flexibility, about access to technology, but there are many. So talk to me about some of the benefits of leasing. Well, there are several, of course, but uh, starting with procuring the vehicle. Uh, when you when you lease a vehicle from from rider, you're taking advantage of our purchasing power with multiple partnerships we have in place with the manufacturers. Uh, there are several in place, whether you're purchasing uh, or considering purchasing or leasing a light duty van, a straight truck or a tractor trailer. Uh, we're purchasing thousands of those from our manufacturing partners, our OEMs on an annual basis. You're able to take advantage of that. And of course, uh, when it comes to operating and maintaining that fleet, uh, you're, you're getting the network of rider locations. We have 700 shops plus across North America, over 4,700 trained professional full-time technicians, uh, over the road 24-7 roadside service. If that vehicle breaks down seven days a week, uh, whether it's uh, four in the afternoon or four in the morning, we're available to get that, that truck back up and running. And if it doesn't go down, another benefit is our large fleet of commercial rental vehicles. So we can provide a substitute if that vehicle requires lengthy repairs. So that uh, that business can continue delivering their, their products or services to their clients with very little uh, disruption or interruptions to, to the timeliness of that, of that delivery. And of course, um, at the end of the holding period, uh, and under the fair market value operating lease, we take the vehicle back and we take on the residual risk in disposing of that vehicle, and we help the client uh, replace the vehicle when it's ready to, to uh, come to the end of its useful life uh, with the latest technology, whether it's um, meeting the latest EPA standards or, of course, uh, offering alternative fuel, whether it's uh, <coughs> compressed natural gas, liquid, liquefied natural gas, electric vehicles. are There's a lot of hype around those now, and, and not to mention that hybrid and hydrogen fuel cell vehicles are all on, on the horizon and making their way into the commercial vehicle space here, especially throughout the next five years or so. Kevin, you mentioned a bunch of benefits there that I want to touch on. You know, you, you talked about maintenance and I do want to we'll come back to maintenance when we talk about some of the new technologies, because as new technologies come online, you have to retrain people to uh, work on the new machines. You know, electric vehicles are a completely different breed of machine compared to the old big rigs that take a completely different skill set of understanding. So let's come back to maintenance here in a moment. But talk to me about this leveraging of buying power, because I think this is a really big point, particularly right now, where we've seen OEMs being extremely challenged uh, on the supply side. They've had, you know, they've had constraints across the board and it might not be so easy for a small fleet to get a slot, uh, to get a guaranteed slot to get a truck. It may take a year, upwards of a year to get that. So you guys have got guaranteed slots. You're buying thousands of the time. Just talk to me about the importance of that and how much quicker a, a small fleet can get access to capacity uh, through Rider. Absolutely. So as you may know, and as, as the world knows, uh, COVID has caused many supply chain disruptions, uh, not just in the automotive manufacturing space, but in commercial vehicles as well. Uh, one of the primary issues that has occurred most recently was a computer chip shortage, uh, which has caused a significant delay with manufacturing class three through eight vehicles, uh, primarily in the medium duty space, but also with tractors. 
if you're a small business going out to try to procure a brand new vehicle today, uh, there are literally no slots available. And if you order a new vehicle today, you may not see it until uh, spring or summer of 2022. That's not an exaggeration. Uh, the great news about partnering and outsourcing through uh, Rider is because of our terrific relationships with, with large OEMs and guaranteed slots and purchasing thousands of vehicles annually from them, we have slots available, hundreds of slots available uh, for medium and heavy-duty trucks where if the customer placed an order with us today, we can have them a brand new vehicle here uh, as early as fall, winter of 2021 into uh, the first quarter of 2022, thanks to those guaranteed slots that we pre-purchased through our OEM partners. So Kevin, let's go to technology. This is probably the most exciting uh, portion of this discussion is all of the new truck technology that's coming out from electric vehicles to alternative fuel vehicles and new, you know, new technology in the cab that has nothing to do with the engine that that is being added all the time. And then, of course, you've got autonomy and semi-autonomy coming down the pipe in within the next decade. All of these are, are technologies that are expensive, uh, that can be difficult to procure. And that can be difficult to maintain because, as I said, you know, this comes with a completely new set of maintenance and, and repair skills. So just give me some of the benefits. Talk to me about, you know, what it's like being able to lease and uh, being able to get access to some of that new technology at a much smaller scale and at a small fleet. Absolutely. So, and again, going back to our maintenance expertise in the 4,700 uh, qualified full-time technicians we have, uh, all of our technicians uh go through a minimum of 40 hours of formal training every year. Not to mention we have the latest technology with uh, diagnostic equipment and tooling in, in, in our 700 plus shops across North America, US and Canada. So getting, getting into uh, electric vehicles uh, and or hybrid vehicles, uh, our partnerships with the OEMs is, as that technology becomes available as the infrastructure uh, becomes available specifically for recharging uh, batteries on those commercial trucks. Uh, we will be on the forefront of that with, with the OEMs as, as they become available. Our purchasing power will be there as well because of those agreements in place with, with companies like Freightliner International and Volvo, just to mention a few. And as that technology becomes available and those trucks uh, come into play, our our technicians and shops will be tooled and trained and ready to go to maintain and repair that equipment for our customers so they can continue to take advantage of that. Um, and then getting back to the EPA requirements, I, I would like to mention uh, there's another big change coming in 2023-24 from the EPA that will require additional uh, updates and uh, engine components uh, to comply with those EPA requirements uh, with diesel engines. So. Uh, there's a lot coming, and of course, autonomous vehicles are, are making their way into the commercial vehicle space as well. They're already being piloted in certain parts of the U.S., uh, and, and as those become available, obviously, we'll continue to edu educate our prospects and our customers in that space as well. Kevin, we've spent quite some time here talking about the benefits and talking about the, the hidden cost of purchasing, but what are some of the benefits of purchasing, right? So what are some of the disadvantages of leasing versus buying? That's a great question. So um, tax implications obviously come into play uh, when you come to, to owning versus leasing. And when you look at owning, obviously, when you go out and buy a truck, you're able to take advantage of um, accelerated depreciation uh, as well as Section uh, 
179 when you go out and buy a vehicle. <clears throat> All that is tax tax deductible in the, in the first year. When you lease a vehicle under the fair market value operating lease, you can't do that because uh, the taxable purchase amount is actually on riders um, balance sheet and uh, the residual value falls on on rider. So uh, on a fair market value operating lease, the lease payments, monthly lease payments are tax deductible. However, uh, rider has a unique option called a tax advantage solution, tax advantage lease, which is essentially a conditional sale wrapped with our comprehensive maintenance program. <clears throat> and at the end of the lease term, uh, there's an established, a pre predetermined residual value that the customer pays at the end of the lease term and they own the vehicle outright. So for a tax treatment um, perspective, the customer is actually able to treat that vehicle like it's on their balance sheet and that they own it and they're able to take advantage, again, uh, under a full service lease program, uh, take advantage of the uh, accelerated depreciation section 179 in that first year where you can't do that with a, an operating uh, fair market value lease. So you're kind of getting the best of both worlds with the tax advantage solution. And again, it's very unique. We're the only uh, company in the industry that offers that solution. So it's a great way for customers considering uh, outsourcing to, again, get the best of both worlds from a tax perspective and taking advantage of our network of uh, maintenance locations across the country as, as well as our um, as well as our 24-hour road service, fuel, et cetera. As you said it, that does seem like the best of both worlds, uh, Kevin. I wanted to ask you, you know, well, how's the last year been for you guys? I mean, it's been crazy for the freight industry, crazy for freight demand. Are you, is the same thing trickling down to you guys? And then as a follow-up, have you seen um, any, you know, any change in demand for the types of services you offer? Like the service you just mentioned, have you seen demand for that grow or demand for that shift to other services? How has demand looked over the last year? Well, I'm pleased to say that things have been uh, terrific for us in the last probably seven to eight months. Uh, they really started to to pick up uh, from a business um, activity perspective, pipeline perspective, toward the end of last year, and it really ramped up uh, into the first quarter. Uh, the first five months of the year, we're seeing substantial growth uh, from both small and large clients, uh, not only with our existing customers, but uh, new clients, customers that are new to outsourcing uh, and leasing their, their vehicles from us. Uh, and with that being said, to kind of to answer your second question, uh, uh, our small customers, uh, when I say small, any, anywhere from one to up to a fleet of, of 20 trucks, we're seeing uh, a substantial amount of growth from those existing customers and uh, their business has, has increased substantially. I think a lot quicker than we all anticipated. I think we were expecting things to start picking up in the springtime, but they uh, increased substantially in the first quarter. And that momentum has continued. Uh, and we're seeing it again here in the month of June, looking at the pipeline activity. We're, we're expecting it to continue at this pace for the, for the foreseeable future throughout the balance of the year. So it's really encouraging. And uh, again, a lot, a lot of new customers um, to outsourcing and a lot of growth with our existing business that, that already leads from us. Are you at all worried that we have a similar thing that happened in 2018 going into 2019 where we have great rates, uh, you have a lot of uh, excess demand and you get filled with excess supply and rates come crashing down? Do you, are you afraid of that happening here? 
Uh, I would say not not in the short term. Um, it's a very cyclical business, uh, but in the next six to twelve months, I think we're going to see uh, continued momentum and growth. Uh, uh, even with COVID being behind us, uh, business is thriving. The economy seems to be strong. Uh, our customers are very optimistic as we meet with them. As we, uh, myself specifically, I'm getting out and traveling again now that the the, the vaccinations are in place. Meeting with customers again and. Uh, all the customer meetings have been very optimistic about the business climate uh, growth within their space across all industries, uh, building supplies, transportation, food and beverage. All those businesses seem to be thriving now, and there's no short-term expectation for things to slow down or just come crashing down uh, as they did uh, a couple, two, three years ago. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. It seems that there is just simply too much demand and we can't add capacity fast enough to keep up with demand right now. And it doesn't seem that that's going to change here in the near future. All right, last thing before you go, give uh, anybody listening that is making the decision between buying or leasing, if you had to tell them one thing in that decision, what would you tell them? Do a thorough analysis and give a rider the opportunity to provide a free uh, total cost of ownership analysis presentation so you can make an educated decision. Uh, whether or not you decide to lease or buy, let us uh, help educate you and uh, give us a chance uh, to sit down and, and, and start a relationship uh, and take advantage of our of our resources. We don't just lease and rent trucks uh, or provide maintenance on trucks. We also have uh, dedicated contract carriage, uh, logistics, supply chain, warehouse management, uh, and of course, uh, the, we, we play in the e-commerce space now. We have been in that space for about three or four years, and that, that business is booming as well. So we have a, a full facet of, of um, services to offer our clients and uh, allow us to, to help you grow and uh, provide bottom line savings and uh, take care of your fleet. And, and of course, if you're considering logistics or, or supply chain, your, your warehouse and, and driver operations as well. Well, Kevin, that is a perfect way to put an end to it, full of useful insights here, and then capped with, of course, a little mini sales pitch. You are, of course, the VP of Sales for Rider System of the West Region. Kevin McCarthy, thank you so much for your insights today. Thank you for your time, Andrew. Appreciate the opportunity. All right, everyone, we have a huge day packed for you here at the Small Fleet and Owner Operator Summit. You stay tuned. We've got so much good stuff headed your way.